Today on the Lockdown Coyotes podcast, we ask a big question, big, big question. We ask the question, what if? What if a certain thing in the Coyotes franchise went differently? We're going to have a series about this, but the first episode of this series, we ask, what if the Arizona Coyotes drafted Mitch Marner? That is on today's episode of Lockdown Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That's Carl Pavlock right beside me on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. I want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, which means we'll never, ever have a paywall for you to ever access our content. We got a great episode for you on today's episode. We asked the question, what if, on the beginning of a what if series of the podcast. Again, taking a look back at events in the Coyotes history and saying what if things went differently we're going to, have to start today carl by taking a look back to the 2015 nhl entry draft arizona coyotes were put at the third overall pick and with the third overall pick and and the in real time they picked dylan Strom. but we asked on this question what if they picked mitch marner instead yeah, uh, pretty big difference in uh, career paths for the two players. Uh, Mitch Marner has played 427 regular season games, has 138 goals, 317 assists, 455 total points. Dylan Strom, 273 games, 67 goals, 103 assists, 170 points. Um, probably, I think, the most important stat is... Mitch Marner has twice exceeded 90 points in a season, including last year where he recorded 97 in 72 games. So you know he would have hit 100 if he had played like probably one or two more games. Yeah, absolutely. And if, and if you look at the, I mean, again, if you look at the redrafts too, like Mitch Marner easily would have hit three. <laughs> like, yeah. Because um, obviously, um, Nick David was going to go one no matter what, and Eichel was going to go two no matter what, right? Yeah. It, you have to remember, listeners at home, that the 2015 uh, NHL entry draft, like it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it was a completely different like mindset amongst like, you know, what kind of players should you draft? Uh, Mitch Marner was a bit smaller, a bit lighter. He's a wing. Uh, Dylan Strom, bigger center. Uh, Strom is currently listed at 6'3", 200 pounds. Marner, six foot, nothing, 172. Uh, I think he was 5'9", at the time he was drafted, 5'9", 5'10". So he grew a little bit, as you would expect. Um, the Coyotes definitely drafted for position, I would say more than the most talented player. They drafted size more than the most talented player. Um, it was a bad draft. Um, 
it didn't really affect uh, yeah. you know, Dylan Strom that well either. Something we've talked about on a couple episodes. I believe Dylan Strom going third overall is the worst thing that's ever yeah, happened. Yeah, I just him. don't. Yeah, I like, like don't I, I? I like Dylan Strom as a player, and I think he's good and everything like that. But I'm with you. I think dra- you know having him drafted third overall was a you know was a huge detriment to his career because uh, there was so much expectation set onto him. And I remember this because I remember going into the um, like after he was no longer OH, OHL eligible because he, he turned 20. So he couldn't go back to um, what team is he was on the same team as uh, as uh, uh, the Erie Otters. That's what it was. Uh, yeah. Erie yeah. Otters. He couldn't go back to the Erie Otters. So he had a first year in Tucson and everybody we're going to these two some I think that year, like when they like, you know, that year is for the the Dylan, the first Dylan Strom year was the year that Roadrunners had pretty consistently high attendance because everybody wanted to watch Dylan Strom. Because again, he was one of the most anticipated prospects for a long time. And he knocked he he was amazing in Tucson. He looked great. Mm-hmm. And again, the hype was still there. But every time he got called up, it just didn't fit well with the coyote system. Yeah. And I mean, like he was eventually traded to the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for Nick Schmaltz. We'll be talking about that because that's definitely something that would change with a different draft. But, you know, that was four years ago. And just this this current year is when he really seemed to hit his stride. Uh, 22 goals, 26 assists in 69 games. Nice. Um, but that was probably like his best year. And I remember like the um, the Chicago Blackhawks um, SB Nation site, like just a lot of back and forth. And they're like, because Chicago seemed like they were giving up on him like right away. And they're like, no, you should like let this guy play, like see what he can do. He's not that old. Like just because he's third overall, like people are like, he needs to be ready now. And if he's not, that means he's a bust. And it's like, no, it doesn't mean he's a bust. It means like he needs to yeah. go. I also think one of the biggest issues with Dylan Strom was um, because of his lack of experience, he was being placed as a as a fourth liner mostly, right? So he's yeah. only getting he's only getting like what ten minutes a game, like twelve minutes a game, which is really low, like. Like, how is he going to develop in any way if you're not giving him the minutes at the NHL level? Like, you have, yeah. you, you draft, like, this guy was drafted third overall on that gun. Again, like you said, third overall wasn't a great position for him. But, um, but he was a, no matter what, he was still a lottery pick, like, you know, like a top 10 pick, no matter what. So, like, like, it, like, you, it really, yeah, but go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it's it's something that we're kind of seeing a little bit with Barrett Hayton now. Like, the the expectation is there, and people aren't changing the expectation because of the player. They are expecting the player to meet their expectation. doesn't right. matter whether or not the expectation is realistic or not. doesn't matter if it's you know good for the long term. I, I think Dylan Strom is going to be a solid hockey player up until his 30s. Like, I think we're just now seeing the start of him. And to me, like, that's not a bust. It, it doesn't matter that he took so long to get there. He got there. And, you know, hopefully, 
uh, for his sake um, and for ours, so we don't sound foolish in the next couple of years. Um, you know, last year wasn't a fluke. I hope he continues to do well. Uh, I, I'm curious to see if that will be in Chicago or if they'll be with a different team. Um, but you know, hopefully he he finds a spot with the team that trusts him and kind of puts him in a situation where he can win. Yeah, and again, I've always I've always liked him, right? Yeah, like. Um, you know, I, I, I interviewed him his rookie year in Tucson and a couple times and it was, a uh, you know, he was, he was a great guy. He definitely had that right mindset. Um, obviously it was frustrating for him to get called up and then sent back down and called up and sent back down and called up and sent back down. Like we talked about Kyle Cavabianco who had that problem. Dylan Strom had even more of a problem with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know. Like I said, he seems to finally be finding his footing. Um, good, good for Strom, uh, but I, I do think it's kind of like he, like for examining this this what if situation. Like it's important to note that this is a player who is no longer with the Coyotes. He is still part of the Coyotes because he was used to acquire a player who is. But you know that that's kind of a big thing. That would all change if the Coyotes had gone with Marner. Absolutely, we're gonna get to that more of that in just a moment. We're going to talk about more about, you know, uh, about, you know, what if the Coyotes drafted Mitch Marner instead of Dylan Strom in just a moment. But first, we're going to have a quick word shared from Carl. So, got a quick message from our friends at Built Bar. Do you love brownies? They're really good. They're chewy. They're chocolatey. They're delicious. What about caramel brownies with some of that swirl on top? Also really good. Love to have that extra taste in there. The chocolate and the caramel work really well together. What if you could have all that plus 17 grams of protein? In that case, no, that's really easy because caramel brownie bars are available at built.com, but you got to act fast because they're a fan favorite and they may run out. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. They have a bunch of macros. Only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, like I said, and only 4 grams of sugar. Make your own brownies. You're pouring a cup of sugar in there. Um, what I want you to do is go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 so you can get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. With Built, Tasty is the new healthy. So go to built.com and get your box of chocolate or caramel brownie bars now. So now let's uh, keep going on this what if episode. What if the Arizona Coyotes drafted Mitch Marner instead of Dylan Strom? Um, things things would definitely be different for the Coyotes, Carl. Because um, like obviously there was a, there was a there'd be a personnel difference. But let's talk about in, well let's talk about the personnel difference before we talk about how the Coyotes would look differently in terms of like seasons. Um, because you mentioned it, because the trade that sent Dylan Strom over to Chicago is what brought Nick Schmaltz over to Arizona. And Nick yeah. Schmaltz, we talked about, is you know a bright spot for the Coyotes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so essentially it would be like, what if instead of Schmaltz, you had Keller and Marner? Um, which would have been a very tiny line. Uh, let's just acknowledge that. Uh, absolutely would not have been put together under Tocket. Uh, right. Let's be real. Uh, that would not have happened. <laughs> no, no, no. no. 
Uh, and, and I do think that Marner would not be as successful as he was because with Toronto, he is playing with Austin Matthews a lot. Uh, yes. When he's not, like, John Tavares is on that team too. There's a lot of really good players on there that the Coyotes do not have. Uh, I, I don't think you get a 97-point season with Marner and Clayton Keller on the line. No. Uh, probably like 80, you maybe. Still, you would still get a really, really good years like really good seasons out of Mitch Marner just by sheer his sheer talent. Mm-hmm. But again, it does it did it has helped immensely that he was you know that he's been playing alongside one of the best American born players to ever play the game. <laughs> yeah. And and I mean there was, you know, a contract issue with Marner previously. Uh I I'm kind of curious to see how that would have worked out under the Coyotes. He wouldn't have had like the 94 point season to kind of fall back on. So I, I don't know if he would have, you know, necessarily gone as hard as he did for the contract because he's getting paid money. But I also kind of wonder if he would have wanted to go to a team that could better utilize his talents because yeah, we'll talk about it. But Warner is a good player. He's not enough to turn around a team's fortunes. But similarly, though, to kind of think about, uh, think about it. I like. Would he still have met more, ex- like more of the expectations than Strom did? Because Strom is a little bit like the way. Because the way Strom was built, again, he was only started, you know, third, you know, third, fourth line, getting ten minutes max. Would Marner have gotten any more? Would he have gotten that opportunity to develop more than Strom would have? Because I think that's the big question. I mean. Rick Tockett did put Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz on the fourth line. Uh, he played them the same amount of time, but he said it was the fourth line. So, like, I don't really know. Um, Marner was able to make the jump a lot quicker than than Strom was. So, like, I can see him kind of going in there. It, it's it's a tough call to make. It, it definitely is. It, yeah, it it definitely is because you have to like, it's because we're looking at completely different. You know, we'd be looking at completely different versions of the players of these players, yeah. right? Like Mitch Marner would definitely be a much different player as a coyote. Like you know, if he started his career with the Coyotes, and kind of like, you kind of said it too. Like, does does he would he have been staying a Coyote in the first place too? Because Coyotes still weren't the best team in the league. I mean, like, would they be? Would they have been a better team with him? But yeah, yeah, they would have. Would they have been a an, a Stanley Cup caliber team? Absolutely not. No. Um, that's yeah. like maybe okay. Maybe like, and this is a hundred percent hypothetical. Maybe because at that point they were better, they were able to afford to bring you know to buy a little bit more deadlines and buy more free agents down the road. It's like, oh, we got more talent come here and they and maybe they like at this point they wouldn't have had to blow up the team like they are now um yeah they had to retool uh, maybe but not a hundred percent i do kind of wonder if like the team would have gone out and gotten players like you know phil castle or taylor hall if they had a player like Marner, like that kind of foundation or do you acquire a player like taylor hall Sit him down next to to Marner. Have that be a line. You know, Hall a little bit more defensive. 
Marner a little bit more offensive. It could it could have maybe worked, um, but the Coyotes definitely had a scoring you know issue that you know the team felt like it needed to be addressed by getting some you know agent free agent or not even free agents acquiring some players that didn't really help in the long run probably hurt the team, and I'm not sure if they, if they would have done that that same way. I still think you like would need players to support him though. So like how are you going to get those? Yeah. Other than acquiring them. It really it, it really would have um gone down to the decisions that John Shaker would have made at the time and would he have made the right decisions to compliment Mitch Marner? That's the big question. If John Shaker was smart enough it, like ha- had the you know the smart to do like that. Like we don't know that part. Right? But you can you can think hypothetically. You can think, you know, maybe he was he'd be a little more optimistic because a prospect actually panned out. That there's a horizon ahead rather than let's just you know grab something and see if it sticks. Um, I I think the biggest piece though is going to be that top line center and and they're just not available. Like very rarely do you see a number one center moved in the NHL nowadays. So. Like I, I think that his game would have been very like hurt by that. Like, what do you play, Keller, Dvorak, and Marner? He was he was another hypothetical. Would the would the Coyotes have had enough of emergence un, with with Mitch Marner in their system and Mitch Marner playing on like you know in their top six and you know find out a way to you know clear up some money to try to say hey. Here is a big free agency period, and I'm, I'm thinking back 2018, right? Yeah. Um, now, right when Marner's coming out of his ZLC and everything like that. So it's like, okay, so like we can maybe, you know, figure out a deal with you. It's like, we figured out a deal with you, but what we're going to do is we're also going to bring in a superstar free agent. If you remember who the biggest person available in that year's free agency class, John Tavares. Oh, okay. I was like Steve Stamkos. Was that 2018? No, I maybe no, it wasn't. Um, uh, either way, I don't think he made it to free agency. I think he signed with the Lightning before. Yeah. Uh, um, do I? No, absolutely not. The Coyotes would not have acquired Tavares <laughs> no, because but... there was that picture of him like as a kid in Maple Leafs pajamas. Like that was yeah. what it was all about. Plus, they still would have had Austin Matthews. So but like what, that's like what. what, what would they have made the attempt? Sure. Um, but attempting something and doing it are two different things. Like I, they would have maybe swung for the fences, but I don't think it's going to happen. Like even with a player like Marner, like that's not a big enough draw. And it's not like he did great. Like if we're talking about the 2018 off season, uh, that year prior, 82 games, 22 goals, 47 assists, 69 points. Nice. Um, not not a player that like brings you John Tavares, though. But, okay, that is absolutely fair. I mean, one that had to be asked, though, because you had to think about you – you, you had to think of all the avenues of how things would have been different. And I'm not yeah. saying – like, and, and I'm not just saying, like, you know, putting these out just to be stupid. Um, I can put it – I'm just putting these out to be weird. <laughs> Yeah, and, right? and just in general, like a 
a good player, like having a minor on your team now, that is going to attract free agents. Uh, I, I just like the timing wouldn't have worked. Like the 2019 was really when he took off. Yeah. And again, like he had Matthews at that time. So uh, I, I don't think he would have been a big enough draw. I think the Coyotes may have tried to do more if they had a prospect who hit, like you said, but it, it wouldn't do enough to the free agent market. Absolutely. Um, another thing that I want to mention too is the um, in regards to personnel stuff. Um, we I mentioned the trade earlier. You know, the trade that that sent Dylan Strom over to the Blackhawks, um, um, and Nick Schmaltz over to uh, to Arizona. And one thing I almost forgot because how would this be different? Like in how the Coyotes, you know personnel would be different because if they didn't trade away Dylan Strom and Brendan Perlini, what mm. would, where would, wh- like, where would Brendan Perlini be in his career? Cause he's kind of fallen off. We don't know where the <laughs> hell he is. Um, like how, like what kind of deal would have been made outside of that? Because he was probably going to make gone either way. Do you still trade him as a package somewhere or whatever? Like what would have been the, his deal? <sighs> I mean, I think he still would have gotten moved. Uh, Brendan Perlini, for those who are interested, uh, last played with the Edmonton Oilers. 23 games, four goals, one assist. Um, Didn't play in the playoffs. I think he may have been released. Uh, Or is he in... uh, uh, Spent some time at Bakersfield Condors. I don't know. Perlini... He was a um, – wasn't he a Don Maloney pick? Yeah. Yeah, he was. So, like, no. A, a GM doesn't really have that same loyalty to a player that they didn't draft. Uh, Perlini had speed but not much else. So he, I think he probably would have gotten moved. Heck, they maybe would have given up on him earlier and gotten a little bit more for him. Like just because they were looking to like acquire pieces, and if you sell early, then maybe get a little bit more. That is absolutely fair, absolutely fair. And the, like again, like we're thinking of everything, right? We're thinking of absolutely everything that would have been different because obviously there was a lot of things that could have been different because personnel would have been different, um, the team decisions could have been slightly different. But at the end of the day, Carl. I don't think I think we'd be very, at a very similar position to where you are now. <laughs> yeah, one player is not enough to change like the the destiny of a of an NHL team. Um, not since Wayne Gretzky. Like we're seeing it now with with Connor McDavid, who is unquestionably one of the best hockey players in the world, yeah. if not the best. He had an outstanding postseason. Didn't help the Edmonton Oilers. Actually, uh, there is a different. There actually it would be a different thing that I mentioned. It's those bubble years, right? The bubble year of the because remember the Coyotes were bubble twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. Yeah, right? they're both playoff teams, and technically they made it to the bubble in a different term in a, in a different terminology here um, in two in two thousand twenty. But they were still on the cusp. They, you know, just barely playoff teams. Even twenty twenty one, right before this, they decided to to completely blow it up. But um, in 
those years, again, they were so freaking close. I think Marner would have been enough of a push to get them to the playoffs, but it wouldn't have been enough to get them past the first round. They would always be a first round exit. It would be a disappointment in that sense. Again, we wouldn't be, be back. We wouldn't be like you know thirty first or thirty second, but the Kaijus would still have decided to rebuild because it's like because new new ownership, new you know new management, everything like that. It still would have happened. Yeah, uh, probably. But there is something to be said for a team that is like consistently good enough to make the playoffs. Like that was the Detroit Red Wings thing for what twenty five years? years. Yeah, yeah. Like, and they weren't always good. They, like, left the first round quite a bit. But, like, when you build up that kind of reputation as, like, hey, you can at least make the postseason, like, that maybe helps fans a little bit more. Like, the Coyotes are a team that definitely relies on on-ice success. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have had the most success, but they would have had some. Uh, could potentially, you know, impact it. But I agree. I, I think that, you know, the team was going to rebuild sooner or later. Uh, I, I don't think the players they had – were necessarily going to be a big enough hit. Like I said, the number one center that the team was working with was Christian Dvorak, who didn't have the best year with Montreal. Um, although definitely injuries played a part of that. Um, so I don't know. He he would also, you know, assuming Mitch Marner's career takes a somewhat similar trajectory where he's like high offense. Uh, like we said, probably not going to be in that 90 goal range or 90 point range maybe like the, the 70, like that's still a player who's going to get like a pretty massive return. He could, he could have theoretically jumpstarted the rebuild much more than anyone else on the team. Yeah. That kind of reminded me something when it came to the thing of the jumpstart, the jumpstart and the rebuild thought of, it made me think of Connor Garland for a minute. Then I thought of the moment, like what if for a few games we'd had the opportunity to see Connor Garland and Mitch Marner together? Like, I'm just like, That would be all right. Cause I, I will say this. Um, I was not the most impressed with Garland up until his last year with the coyotes. Um, like I admired his tenacity, but I thought he didn't have a really complete game. Uh, well, yeah, a year, it, it took him a while, but yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that last year though, he was with the coyotes. That would have been fun to see him with, with minor. Uh, I'm not sure if their play styles would have matched necessarily, um, because, you know, that's a very difficult thing to predict, but, um, I, I think that would have been pretty fun. <laughs> like, it, and like, like, yeah, yeah. Would it have matched? Maybe not. Would have been fun. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. yeah. And, and the good thing about Garland is he was a he was a player who wasn't afraid to go to the front of the net. Um, you know, so he would have probably like gotten quite a few like deflection goals off Marner shots. Um, and that would have been pretty good. I, I think theoretically they could have worked out well together. Um I'm, that that would be definitely one of the more interesting ones. But like Garland jumpstarted the rebuild getting traded to Vancouver for that Dylan Gunther pick along with a bunch of other things, including Oliver Ekman Larson. Like I, I do think that probably the biggest impact if the Coyotes had drafted Mitch Marner was the it's rebuild that we, the rebuild that we're currently in would be slightly further along, uh, which is kind of sad, but eh, just kind of what it is. Well, like instead they would have like, you know, they would have traded something for higher and would have gotten what? 
like a William Eklund instead of <laughs> instead of Dylan Gunther yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, or or like. Because I imagine if, like, you tried to trade Mitch Marner now, you'd get multiple first-round picks. You'd oh, get, absolutely. Absolutely. You'd get prospect. You'd get the entire farm. Uh, and, again, he would not have the same numbers, but I still think the guys would get, like, a pretty good return for him. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, that's kind of roughly what I was what I was saying about that. But, but again, you know, it, it is really fun playing these what-if things. And I think, you know, we can th- – because – like with the Coyotes, you can do a whole series of what ifs, right? <laughs> what if certain things went differently? Because let's just look in the last ten years how differently things went. And again, that's we're gonna have a few episodes dedicated to that. And this was just the beginning. Yeah, uh, and it, it, it's definitely a fun one. Um, you know, what if the Coyotes had more offense? It'd be more fun to watch. I think, like at the end of the day, a team with Mitch Marner. Is more fun than a team without Mitch Marner. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's for darn sure. Um, and I think we would have there uh, there would there would have been some you know a lot more butts and seats at Healy River Arena would have been exciting. Um, yeah. But anyways, though, we're out of time on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, subscribe if you have yet to already. We're everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Let us know if you like this What If series and let us know if you have a suggestion for a What If series uh, episode that we can, we can talk to. And we'll, we will um, consider each, we'll consider each one if, they're, if, if we were able to put an episode out for those suggestions. Anyways, though, don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Coyotes on Instagram, Coyotes and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I'm personally at Robin underscore Leonio. Carl Pavlock is Carl Pavlock FFH. Interact with us, ask a question you might have, we can answer right back, or on a future episode of the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. And another, another reminder to you guys, we got a pack the next couple of weeks for you guys. Lots of guests coming up, including Will Scouch with Scouching for our prospect report later this week. You don't want to miss any of our podcast episodes coming up. Anyways, thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on.